you know, the definition of greatness to me is, uh, for me at least, it's it's knowing that you did your best. Mm. Welcome to the Insurance Producers Podcast, where we bring you the top personalized producers, insurance agents, and industry partners, giving you at least three takeaways to 10x your production and build your multi-million dollar revenue books. So sit back, relax, and become inspired by the success stories and strategies of the world's top insurance minds. Let's roll. All right, welcome to Insurance Producers Podcast. Hey, we have a special episode today. Daniel Song is our guest today, and I am so excited to talk to you, man. How are you, buddy? I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and I you know I got to tell you, Cyrus, um, getting to know you has been a real treat, my friend. And all the success, um, all the things that you've been able to accomplish. Congratulations! And no one is more deserving of all that. And you and your family. So really proud of you. Really congratulations on all of your success. Daniel, thank you, man. That means that means a lot coming from you, man. I I'm one of those guys is that I watch people that are successful. People ask me all the time, what's a recipe for success? I said, watch other successful people and do what they do. So mm. people like you and others in the industry, man, I follow and and, and I watch and, and I try to mimic what you guys have done and I'm, I'm grateful for your friendship. I appreciate you taking the time to spend some time with us. And um, for people that don't know Daniel, which I don't know how you don't know Daniel, for people that don't know Daniel, man, you want to just give us a quick background of yourself and your agency, man. We would really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So I live out here in uh, Irvine, California, in Orange County, which is about an hour south of LA and an hour north of San Diego. And uh, we're a full service brokerage. And, um, you know, uh, but more proudly, uh, I've been married for almost 20 years, raising five beautiful kids and really just having a great time. And every day I am thankful for the industry that I am in, the friends that I have. And, you know, I come out to the office, Cyrus, every single day, excited, motivated, motivated and dedicated. And it's it's an industry where, you know, it nothing gets old. Uh, you know, it's a fresh day every single day. And I love the people that I work with and I love the industry because I get to connect with people like you across the country. So um, we're having, we're having the time of our lives. It's awesome, man. I, uh, I would say for a lot of people that don't follow Daniel on a lot of different channels, man, go follow him, man. I think if you want to find, uh, the perfect recipe for family and business, uh, this is the guy. This is the guy to follow, man. Because family first mentality, uh, which mm. I wrote, which I love about you, man. But one thing I would say is, I think you have four girls, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we are. I have four full blown teenage girls, and my last one is a son. Yeah. The last one is a son, man. And it's so fun to watch, watch you watch them play sports, mm. and you know, I know your son's playing tennis and golf, and and obviously your girls are having the time of their life, man, with their dad. And, um, I've got a six four and a two year old man, so I'm gonna do a little bit of a different stage um than you, man. But 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 when I when I do grow up and my kids grow up, man, I wanna make sure that I become a little bit of a dad than you are. So um uh, so <laughs> I, I give you a pause for what you're doing, man. So Yeah, yeah. Well I appreciate that. Thank you. 
Uh, you got it. So for producers, man, this podcast is Insurance Producers Podcast. This podcast is to, to enlighten and help the producers that are maybe stuck producers that want to take it to the next level. Uh, so let's put your producer hat on, Daniel. Let's go back to when you were a producer at first. And I want to talk about some other stuff as well. But let's go back, man. Um, uh, when you when you got in, did you get in as a producer under somebody, as an agent or yourself? Or like, how did that journey kind of start? Yeah, you know, my journey is... Excuse me, my, my journey is a little unique, I think. And I would never recommend my path to anyone because I had another failed business. I always filed bankruptcy. I was on food stamps, welfare, and I met at my lowest of times. Um, I got into the industry without knowing anybody. Uh, so I got into the industry when I had my fourth daughter. No money. I had $200 to my name in my pocket, and that was it. We sold everything we can sell. Um, and that's when I decided to get into the industry. But I mean, Cyrus, every, anybody knows, I mean, you sell a homeowner's policy this month. You, you're lucky if it hits the commission cycle, then you get paid 30 days later. So I knew I couldn't feed my family right away on the business that I sold because I mainly focused on personal lines. And then I got a graveyard shift that night. So I would come home. Or, or I would go out, build the insurance book from 9 to 5 p.m. And again, I didn't know anybody. So I just found the local agency and I said, you know, let me just give me access. Let me write through you. I own my book of business. I don't need a salary or anything like that. I just need access. So they took a little bit. <laughs> they took a little bit off the top and then I had access. So I started building my book. So 9 to 5 p.m., 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., I would go build the insurance book. And then I would get home around 6. So from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., I would eat dinner and play with the kids. And then from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. for two hours, I would take a nap. My wife would wake me up at 10 p.m. because I had to go to my graveyard shift that started at 11 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. And I was working at a home alarm company. And, you know, in the middle of the night, if your alarm goes off, you get that phone call from dispatch. Mm -hmm. I was that person. I would get off at 7.30 a.m., go home, take a shower eat breakfast and go build a PNC book from nine to five and do that all over again. But, you know, it's, and that was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because I made a lot of money as a kid or, you know, in my early mid twenties, I made a lot of money, but never coming from money, never knowing how to handle money. My ego was so big. It was, it was embarrassing. And the good Lord really humbled me. And he put me through, you know, what I what I call my my growth years. Um, so so that was tough, you know. But I mean, who doesn't go through tough times, right? Especially business owners, entrepreneurs. Who doesn't? That's kind of the price you pay. That's the ticket of admission um, to you know for all the success that you're going to have in the future. But looking back at it now, because about four years ago I stepped away from quoting and binding because the team does it now. Looking back at it now, that was probably some of the most fun times of my life. Because I was so focused, Cyrus, and I you know, and you know what it means to be laser focused, mm -hmm. right? Like my, my ring light that I have right now, there's a glow, like it covers a wide area, right? But being laser focused on your goal is a completely different mindset. And I love the fact that you're doing this podcast now because we're coming up on the holidays. What happens in December? Not only do prospects give you excuses, oh, what's the holidays? Let's talk after the new year. And then you start seeing producers have that mindset also. Ah, it's the holiday. They use it as an excuse not to hit their goals. 
Mm. It's the holidays. We can wait. Everybody's waiting. I'm not going to make that extra call. I'm not going to send that <coughs> extra email, right? But I, I always tell my guys, and especially leading from the front, I always, mm. December was some of my best, best mm. months. But leading from the front, I would say, look, dude, Christmas is one day. What are you going to do the other 30 days of the month? Mm-hmm. It's one day, right? Um, and that's how you know, I would try to hit 70% of my goal, my production goal by the 15th of the month. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, you're not trying to you know, find something to hit your goal on the last couple of days of the month, right? If you're 70% mm-hmm. within your goal on the 15th of the month, the next two weeks, you're going to blow out your goal. I mean, if your goal is to do a 200,000 in premium, you're going to blow that out pretty, pretty, pretty easily. Um, one time it got so bad when I was really, really poor and on food stamps and welfare. And, you know, like my wife, she comes home one day, Cyrus, and she says, um, she says, honey, um, I, I sold my wedding ring, the, the wedding ring that I bought her to get married. She said, I sold it. And she, and she was happy about it. I said, what are you talking about? You sold your wedding ring. She said, don't worry, don't worry. It gives us two more months of groceries. And I get chills just, just thinking about it, right? Because imagine uh, how supportive was she out here in Orange County, Cyrus? 73% divorce rate, 73%. And 99% of that is because of finances. But my wife chose to stick by her husband in the toughest of times. And I was so proud because years later, I was able to buy her a new wedding ring. And that meant so much to me. But um, one of the proudest things that I can ever say about struggling is our marriage got better. Mm. You know, we were kids. You know, I got married 24, she was 23. And our tough times was probably about five years after we got married. Mm. And, uh, you know, we prayed together every night. We cried together every night. Like we didn't know where our next meal was going to come from with the four kids. Uh, so that was tough. But our, that's the best thing I ever did in my life was marry her and our marriage got stronger and we're best friends still today. And, you know, next May will be 20 years of marriage. So that's special, right? Um, in my darkest of days, I was so focused on Michael. I would imagine somebody holding a gun to my kid's head. And if I didn't hit my production goal that month, the goal that I set for myself, not my boss, mm-hmm. the goal that I set for myself, I put so much pressure on myself to make it happen for my kids. I would imagine somebody putting a gun to my kid's head. And if I didn't hit my production goal, something bad would happen. Mm-hmm. I was that crazy focused. I was that insanely committed to my goals. And what I see now a lot of times is people say, I ask my, some people, what's your goal? Oh, um, X amount. Without really, really thinking about it, without really mm-hmm. having a game plan of hitting it, without, without being obsessed about it every single day. I mean, you know, your goals is not from 835. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't operate that way. It has to be a way of life. Mm-hmm. And as insanely as that is, you know, that's how I operated. Like I would go to Walmart and Target. And now it's like, I guarantee you, like the security cameras were on me. You know, they mm-hmm. probably thought I was shoplifting or something because I would just go down to like the holiday card aisle, you know, pretend I was looking for some holiday cards, but there was a dad right there. So I would just start talking to him about just making small talk. And I would talk to him about insurance. You know, I would yeah. get his phone number or his email and say, oh, I'll reach out to you. 
I would prospect at Walmart, at Target. Like it was, I had no option, you know, because I couldn't mm. buy, I couldn't afford to buy leads. I didn't mm. know anybody in insurance. So I just prospected everywhere I went. And I, one of my goals was to just make sure that everybody knew that I was in insurance so that when they mm. got the renewal in the mail, they would think about Daniel. That's all I did. And then we worked on the social proof. We started that, you know, maybe 15 years ago or so. And then now it's kind of what it is now. So, Daniel, what did that look like for, for producers? Like, what did the day to day look like? So, you're, let's go to goals first. You said you set yourself goals. As a producer, you should set yourself goals. Your boss, your boss should have their own goals, but you should have your own goals yourself, right? Yeah. Did you say, okay, so today I'm going to make 30 calls? That's going to be at, Eight to twelve to ten in the morning. I'm gonna make calls and I'm gonna prospect and I'm gonna do this. So, what did the day look like? Because it had to be structured. And what was the goal at a micro level, macro level, whatever you want to talk about? Yeah, all I cared about was IPAs. That's all I cared about: income producing activity. Mm-hmm. If it did not lead me to a quote or a bind, I didn't do it. I find people come into the office, spend about 10 minutes fixing their desk, and then another 10 minutes getting coffee, and another 10 minutes talking to their neighbor. Mm-hmm. By the time it's all said and done, an hour has gone by. And then they go to make a few calls, go to lunch, come back. Now, I was, I remember at one point, um, I was, we had a system, and I made over 5,000 manual calls in one day. Oh, no, I'm sorry, in one month. 5,000 manual calls. Um, I remember I was in there like at four in the morning um, to late at night. And I was just dialing for dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend that. And I don't think you can sustain that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always just focused on following up. Um, but also, you know, people, I didn't have a lot of leads. But the leads that I did have. I almost acted as if that was a single lead that I had to work. Mm-hmm. So, but also, you know, the volume of activity is good <clears throat> and you need the volume. Um, but I also focus on the very simple things. If mm-hmm. they emailed me, I returned their email. If they called me or texted me, I returned their phone call or text. It is, uh, people overcomplicate it. Mm-hmm. One of them, I love the weekends because when somebody would email me on a Sunday night at 8 p.m., oh, I replied. 100% mm-hmm. I replied because I knew that State Farm employee didn't care. They had mm-hmm. no skin in the game. Mm-hmm. They, it was a nine to five job and they're like, ah, I'll, it's Sunday night. I'll take care of it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's if they had their email on their phone, and which I doubt, mm. but I would reply to them. And I wasn't always the cheapest, but the fact that if we started a quote request on Friday and by Sunday night, I already had all the quotes to them versus if they called another agency and the, they started a quote request on Friday and they don't even have their driver's license Monday morning mm. because they didn't ask for it. Just by being, just by me being five steps ahead, a lot of times I won the account just because the, I was easier to work with for the, mm-hmm. for the client or the prospect. Uh, but I just focus on all the little things. And that's how our Yelp reviews got so big is just all of the little things day in and day out. But that's one of the things I figure is the most difficult 
is the daily discipline and consistency. I tell mm. everybody, 50% of winning is just simply showing up. You mm. just got to show up. We're, we're hiring for about three positions right now. If we have 10 interviews scheduled, maybe three show up, maybe three show up. So just mm. by showing up to the interview, you beat 70% of the competition right now from what I see. You just have to show up. Mm-hmm. Do you think cold call for a producer right now, Daniel? What's, what do you think from what you have seen and what your team has done? What is the preferred method of communication or, or more than anything? What does the consumer's main way of communication or what do you think is number one? Text, email, what, what do you think is number one right now? What we're noticing is a high volume, a high success rate of texting. Um, I, and, and, you know, I think, um, I think texting is here to stay. I don't think it's going anywhere, but also I think depending on what, what market you're mm-hmm. in too, it really does matter. Um, I know some of, some of these smaller areas, you know, texting might not be the preferred way. Mm-hmm. I think that phone call that picking up that phone, making that phone call is still very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe in RBMs and t- dropping tags and I believe in all that, but I also believe that doesn't replace mm-hmm. that meeting that in-person meeting or it doesn't replace that picking up that call and just really connecting with them so i'm you know in, in my sales days i'm kind of old school you know like i i love the one-on-one meetings when when somebody reaches out to us online or they get referred over to us and if they make an appointment in the office 95 percent it's close before they even walk mm. in 95 percent of the time so we re- really do welcome the in-person meetings it mm-hmm. doesn't happen every day for us but when it does, we notice a higher success rate. That is awesome. Daniel, right now it's a pretty, pretty tough time for a lot of states. Uh, right now it's a pretty tough time in our industry um, uh, just as well. So I guess in California, Irvine, California, California is one of the red states for a lot of carriers. A lot of carriers have stopped shutting down. What are you guys doing? Is this the time to double down? Is this the time to take it easy? Like what should, what are producers in tougher states? What are some things they could potentially do? Uh, and what are you guys doing right now? Yeah. So um, one of the blessings that we have is, you know, because up until about four years ago, we were 95% personalized, 5% commercial. Four years ago, we made an intentional focus to really grow the commercial book. So since then, more than 50% of our new business has been commercial. So commercial is doing great for us. And again, that's there we're, we're now, right now we're probably about 70% personal lines, uh, 30% commercial. So it definitely is growing. Personal lines is still very strong. I do believe in it. I do believe that this is this hard market will pass. And I think the people who are focusing on the right things right now, we're, I mean, we, we've been blessed because from the very beginning, we wrote high limits. Umbrella is really big in our in our agency. Uh, we don't do a lot of standard. In fact, we've lost a lot of standard appointments because we submitted one policy in the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of our policy are, are um, two fifty five hundred or five hundred five hundred with the umbrella auto and earthquake. So uh, we have really we have cleaned up our book from the very beginning. Um, but what we're noticing is the number of quote requests are coming in and a lot of people you know and sometimes we're not able to help them because our carriers have restrictions you know maybe we can you know they have a 10-day hold uh, or you know they only want five auto policies a month something to that effect where the carrier is stopping us from writing as much business as we can but also you know instead of looking at that as a bad thing well what are we really doing right now even though we can't help them maybe 
it's 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 a whole contact list that we're that we're building up right now. Mm-hmm. So we're saving everybody. We're putting everybody in our CRM now. From the very beginning of my career, uh, we do not send out quotes without current deck pages. So you have to send us a copy of your current deck page for us to be able to help you or provide options for you. So when we receive that, we know their current X dates. We have their coverages. So we put that into our CRM and it's a total X date campaign that we're creating. So in two, three, four, five years from now, the lead flow in our agency is going to be massive. So mm-hmm. we're, we're taking, you know, and, but also, you know, we let them know that we'll follow up with them. We ask for referrals. It's a real opportunity for right now for the, the people who are thinking long-term, they're going to explode in the next couple of years. I love that. I love that. So prepare yourself. Um, it's one of those things where you might not close it today. And that's what I tell our team all the time. I'm like, we're a very kind of new business for salons. They write a lot of business, but we don't have a structure set up yet for the back end. I'm like, guys, like, people come to me all the time. Our producers are like, hey, like, I don't have any leads. I'm like, you've been here for three years. How do you not have any leads? Right. Like, it's because, and that's shame on me, right? And shame on me as, a, as an agency owner because well, we didn't set them all up on the right campaign. We didn't have the systems and the processes set up like you. Hey, in your CRM, put the X date. Where are they at? What kind of coverages they have? And all that stuff. So when you call them the next time and say, hey, last time you were at this, now I'm at here, you pretty much have a very high percentage of closing that deal. So that's so that's number one for the for, for these people to be able to, hey, get all that information, build some kind of a relationship, I would assume, right? Because even though you might not get him right now, when you call them next time, oh, Daniel, I remember talking to you because you're that guy, right? Because you're telling them something so they remember if that makes sense, the next time you call them, because things will change, man. State Farm maybe has taken a lot of business right now, but that's not going to be like that forever, right? Other carriers are going to come in. Yeah, and and now, especially now, it's almost effortless uh, because of the CRM. And we don't we don't manually reach out to these folks if we can't help them. Um, we'll just enter them in our CRM and the X-Date campaign, and they'll get dripped mm-hmm. every couple months. So by the time that their X-Date does come around, uh, we're not a we're not somebody new reaching out to them. We've been reaching out to them for the mm-hmm. last six six seven months or so. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I I, I really uh, as far as the hard market goes, Daniel, for the producers, anything else they can do other than that to kind of set themselves up right now to differentiate some folks a little bit more on commercial. Maybe a lot of people are moving over towards, like you said a, a little bit earlier, on the commercial side. For the personal line side, I mean, if the carriers, if you, if you don't have the carriers, there's really not much you could do other than put them in on the next day. So yeah. uh, keep you know, that relationship. I don't think, I don't think, so if we look at a 30-year career, you know, this time might be one or two years. So I don't think people should be making career-changing decisions based on the hard market. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a personal lines person and you always want to do going to commercial, well, maybe this is the perfect time, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't go into commercial because of the hard market. And again, mm-hmm. if you if you get a macro view of this thing, it's like it's only one you know a mm-hmm. small segment of your career. What I would highly recommend is dig into that current book of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I guarantee you, the way we think is everybody needs an umbrella policy. But if you just have one of their one home policy, well, you know if you educate them about the umbrella. Well, now you just have, you have umbrella, auto, and how many dwelling fires or how many toy policies, 
there's so much in the book of business that you're sitting on right now. A lot of mm. people think you have to go outside of that. But sometimes just digging within that book is just, well, it's not even sometimes, it's always that case. Mm. But you can cross-sell life insurance. You can cross, I mean, just, just if, worst case, if you don't get any policies out of them, you might be able to get a referral. Mm-hmm. So um, I really do. I, I think people look outside too much. And I think there's a lot of opportunity in the book that you're sitting on right now. I love that. I love that. Who, so uh, maybe I heard this. I heard this right because you're the number one Yelp reviewer on the insurance side in the country. That's right. Dude, that's, that's impressive. Right. Well, and, and I would, what is, what does that look uh, like? We have, we have over 700 ish. Uh, Good for you. We have over, I think just around 300 that are filtered, um, legitimate reviews, but for, for some whatever reason, you know, Yelp decides to filter, uh, poly- mm. reviews, which is fine. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's something that we started from the very beginning. And, you know, back then Yelp isn't what it is today. And out here in California, mm. Yelp is huge. I mean, even when my wife and I would go traveling, we Yelp the restaurants or the hotel that we're going to be mm. staying at. Um, but, yeah, Yelp is big out here, and and it's been something that's really been a blessing for us. We still don't have a marketing budget because when I was poor, I didn't have one. But we kind of mm-hmm. learned and grew uh, with with that philosophy, and we've been very fortunate. So we'll get calls daily from Yelp, mm-hmm. and the, the Google reviews help, and just that social presence online. Um, Mike Stromso says this all the time, right? It's, it's not what we say about ourselves; it's what the public or somebody else mm-hmm. says about us. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, e- even with that, you know, it's, it's a mental battle every single day and you have to have a consistent, consistent, um, strategy of asking for reviews. Um, I have, if I go to a Yelp account and if that agency or business has a lot of reviews, I know for a fact the owner or the management has a strategy of asking for reviews, unless mm-hmm. you're a, a restaurant. Or, or something, you know, where it's fun to review. Um, insurance agencies don't have a lot of reviews. There's nothing fun about, unless there's mm-hmm. a bad experience. Mm-hmm. But we consistently ask for reviews, and we've been doing that for years. Yeah, that's impressive. One one of the newer carriers we've had in the last probably two years is, is Auto Owners, and in Nebraska, Auto Owners is not like a large. I mean, it's it's it. A lot of people don't know about Auto Owners, if that makes sense. So. A lot of our clients just go online and they Google auto owners and Google and auto owners, six reviews and out of those six, and this is an insurance company. And out of those six reviews in, in, in Nebraska, five of them are like a one-star review. So we're telling people, Hey, auto owners is one of the best carriers we have, blah, blah, blah. They're like, I just went and saw their reviews. They have six reviews and five of them are one star. Do yeah. not put me with auto owners. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's unfortunate, right? It's, a, it's because a lot of the times it's, uh, you know, people who have negative, uh, negative feelings about a, our insurance company that will actually take the time because they're so upset, you know, to go online and write a review. But when that claim gets paid out, you know, they're not so happy and that, you know, to write a review. So it just, it's, it's interesting how that works. But yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And also I want to, you know, for producers or agency owners out there who are maybe considering that the social proof strategy, highly recommend, you know, Look around your area. I guarantee you, if an agency has a lot, they might have 20 or 25 reviews. So if you get 30 or 40, you stand out. 
it, it doesn't take that much for you to stand out on a lot of those platforms. It mm. takes a little bit of effort. Um, but also, you know, I, I remember it was a Friday and over the weekend, we got like five, five star reviews and we were pumped up Monday morning. We're thinking, okay, cool. So we should have from what we had on Friday, we should have five plus that. Well, we came in on Monday and we got gut punched. We had negative 40. Yelp did some um, algorithm updates, something where filtered a bunch of our reviews. Mm. And that happened to a lot of different agencies in our area. But, you know, I, I, I tell the team, the most important sale of your life or the most important review of your life is the next one. So the one that we got today, we can celebrate it a little bit. We can learn from it if it's if it's not the best review or sale, but we move on. Mm-hmm. So even if we get the biggest sale of our life today, that's great. Let's celebrate it for about an hour or so. Mm-hmm. But I'm always talking to the team about, okay, what do you have next? What's the next one? When's the next sale coming? Because the most important sale of your life is the next one. So we don't get too down if something happens. And then we were the only agency that recovered. It didn't take us too long to get those plus 40 back and kind of move on. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I noticed the agencies around here, everybody else, they didn't recover. They got Mm -hmm. gut punched and they stayed down. But Mm -hmm. when you look at it from that perspective of, well, whatever happens today happens, we're going to just keep on going, keep on going. And, you know, we, we really are that turtle that just keeps going every single day, showing up, right? I like your life story, bro. That's right. You know, you just keep going, man. 100%. 100 just keep going uh no 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 time to keep staying down uh because life's gonna keep punching you man there's gonna it's gonna happen again something else is gonna happen and what are you gonna do that's gonna be that's gonna be different so um social media um do you have any recommendations right now for producers maybe you guys are having some success uh facebook is it tiktok and linkedin snapchat like is there any producers should it's a must like hey you need to have this yeah, I, I think LinkedIn is, is definitely a must. Um, Facebook is definitely a must. Um, and you know what's interesting about social media is we post every single day. I mean, mm-hmm. our, our Yelp account has over 3,700 photos, but it's a choice. My social media spend, we spend $120 for Yelp, and it's not for exposure or for leads. Like if you go on Yelp, um, I, I wanted the veteran owned badge. I mm-hmm. wanted the, you know, little things like that. It's badges, mm-hmm. right? I, so that's about $120 a month. Uh, we use Canva to create our posts. Mm-hmm. That's an editing platform. I, I think yep. I pay $99 a year for that. Mm-hmm. People will be shocked at how much we spend on social media. But, you know, it's get the team involved. Right. It's like, you know, we take team photos, we take team photos of our lunch, of our outings, of just, you know, just Mm -hmm. being in the office. And and it's never anything will save you 15 percent on your auto insurance. It's just something about us, Mm -hmm. our our story, you know, our our, uh, just a day in the life type of thing. But it's simply a decision to post. Um, It doesn't cost any money to post on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, And I wouldn't even recommend daily, maybe twice a week. Mm-hmm. Right, just post something, um, and and remember, it's you know, I I get a lot of praise and recognition because people say, man, you know, you're just you're growing so fast. You have an amazing team, mm-hmm. and I always tell people, I say, look, it's 
it looks a lot better on social than it really is all the time. <laughs> you know, but yes, we do have a great team here. Yeah. But, um, but it just gets magnified. And mm -hmm. if you're consistent at it, like just because you can push post, it's like all of a sudden you become this expert, mm -hmm. right? When all you're doing is just taking a picture and uploading it. Yeah. So, but I mean, it has done wonders for our agency. It's, you know, I've made a lot of connections with some friends across the country. Um, yeah. It's opened up doors for me. And it's just like a podcast, right? You get to meet people that you thought you never would. It's, mm -hmm. it's, and also podcasting is another form of so yeah. a social outlet. It's a platform. So yeah, yeah it's, awesome. it's just a simple decision to just simply do it. Yeah. Two questions before we let you go, my man. Um, number one is. I'm going to put you on the spot. What is your definition of greatness? The definition of greatness. Gosh, you know, I've, uh, I was a very insecure child and, uh, you know, probably as an adult and actually as, as a young parent, I was very insecure as well. Uh, you know, the definition of greatness to me is, uh, for me, at least it's, it's knowing that you did your best because mm. right now it's all being, it's, it's about being a good dad. And a, and a good husband to my family. And I have some bad days. Um, but I, I try, you know, parenting is like one of the hardest things, man. Cyrus, oh, mm -hmm. I struggle with it, you know. And I, and I think we are mm -hmm. doing a good job. But it's the child-parent relationship is so fragile, right? And they're only kids yeah. for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's just knowing that I, I did my best and I did a good job. And I was... and. And my children's lives are better because they were my kids. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing, man. Your, your, your kids are extremely, extremely grateful to have you, man. And I could already tell. Oh, um, and last question for you. Uh, this podcast used to be called Win the Day, and I'm a big proponent of winning every day. Mm. What is one or two things that you must do every day to consider your day one? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in consistency. And, um, you know, I, I, I almost hate the word motivation mm -hmm. because motivation is based on how you feel. Mm -hmm. Discipline is based on your belief in, in a way. Mm -hmm. And I, I think showing up every single day is important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's lonely at the top, Cyrus. Mm -hmm. You know this, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. being, a, being a dad, a husband, a business owner. So my goal, my goal was to always just make sure that the team knew that I was just very consistent. Like mm -hmm. I never want to see, I never want to have them see me have a bad day. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, in my first five years of the business, I took seven days off. I worked every Sunday. Mm -hmm. wow. Did I have some bad days? Was I sick some of those days? 100%. Mm -hmm. But I never showed up, you know, and when I would, when I wanted to cry, scream, and just, I would go to the closet, scream, cry by myself. Two minutes later, I would come out and I was dedicated and disciplined. And I show, I never showed the team that I was sad. And I think that's where the whole thing, it's lonely at the top comes from. So just remembering your goal, staying disciplined and very, and very, very consistent. My man. Daniel, I don't, I don't know if that answers, Cyrus. That does. That, yeah. that does. 100%. Everybody's is different. It's yours. It's not yeah. mine. Uh, and I think I, I love that answer, man. Daniel, um, I want to thank you for being here, man. I want to thank you for what you've done for the industry, what you keep doing for the industry. 
we appreciate you, man. Keep showing up. Keep doing your thing because we're all going to be better because of you, man. I appreciate you for being on. Well, thank you. Can't wait to see you again.